Stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. I truly believe that thoughts are the greatest vehicle to change. We do not care whether the cat is black or white, as long as it can catch mice. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. To those waiting with bated breath for that favorite media catchphrase, the U-turn, I have only one thing to say. You turn if you want to. The ladies not for turning. Say not always what you know, but always know what you say, is a quote from the fourth emperor, Claudius, who during his reign made Britain a province. With the construction of the Roman road network, the Tabernae first appeared in Britain, which evolved into the public houses or pubs we are now familiar with. I thought this was an appropriate quote for our guest today, someone who paved a way in the hotels, tourism and leisure asset industry, who has been at the helm of some of Australia's most high-profile hospitality and gaming index property businesses. Our guest is Andrew Jolliffe, Managing Director and Co-Founder of HTL Property, a leading boutique brokerage firm. HTL Property specialises in investment sales, marketing and advice across the hospitality industry, including pubs, clubs, hotel and resort accommodation, as well as other hospitality assets. Prior to establishing HTL Property, Andrew owned and operated the market-leading hospitality property business within the Ray White Group. He also previously held senior executive roles, including Chief Executive Officer and Managing Director of National Leisure and Gaming Limited, Managing Director of Grant Samuel Private Equity Hospitality Fund and General Manager of Palace Leisure Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of No Limitations, a show where we speak to elite world-class performing men and women and unlock the secrets and influences that have shaped their destinies and that you could apply to your own life. For our first-time listeners from all over the world, please don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And for our listeners in Canada, Hong Kong and United Kingdom, a big hello. I am your host, Greg Robinson, Managing Partner of Blenheim Partners, Executive Search and Board Advisory. In this episode, Andrew, having personally overseen the acquisition or divestment of hundreds of valuable hotel, leisure or tourism assets, shares insights into an industry brimming with opportunity. A unique proposition in what is a core feature of the Australian way of life. We are treated to fascinating stories throughout his career, having started one of Sydney's most popular beachfront venues to now leading the premier specialist agency in the country. So sit back and enjoy No Middle Ground. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. How's the old reflexes going? Old. Yeah, you are. Look, I the only reason I asked the question, Andrew, there's a bit of a rumour going around. You're a bit of a superstar young footballer many years ago. Yeah, look, that sounds like a, that sounds like a rumour, um, uh, Greg, but... Uh, Good research there. There was a bit of, was a bit of time on the park, but um, superstars are yeah. That's probably not a, not an accurate reflection. Yeah, but didn't you back yourself and get yourself all the way to England? Yeah, I did do that. I did do that with the assistance of my my parents at the time as a 
as an 18 year old as I recall flying yeah flying across the other side of the of, of the country and having a crack yeah which uh, which club did you wind up having a Luton Town Luton Town Luton Town just okay. north of England yeah um, not the not the prettiest place on the planet but uh, <laughs> but it was uh, it was a good it was a good yeah good first stop for for me to have a go and and how uh, far did you go Andrew on it well uh, yeah so uh, was uh, was on a on a, on a a train and trial with the with the first division uh, with, with the team, which is uh, equivalent to what Premier League these days. Isn't Premier it? League these days, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So in the in the year before uh, in the year before the Premier League started, it was in English first division. Yeah. yeah okay. We're easily the worst club. Yeah. Well, okay. You got to start just somewhere. Just to be clear. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> and what position were you trialling? I was out a for? midfielder. Oh, were you really? I was a midfielder. So yeah. You could use both your left and your right foot. Huh? I could. I could more so my left, but I could. You sound like a, a football fan. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love my football. I love my football. And I get. I talk very rarely do we get someone of this sort of ilk come and sit down with us. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been available for some time. Yeah. Just on that, uh, yeah. what was it like turning up to a? Uh, it's in the big wide world. You know, mum and dad yeah. aren't there. You're all yeah. of eighteen. You've obviously backed yourself. That's pretty scary stuff. Do you know what? Uh, you're absolutely right, and um, I think um, when I think about that period, you know, in my life, it's I think I've actually, um, you know, um, you know, uh, repeated that that sort of feeling of putting yourself in a you know in a situation where you know potentially is foreign to you, and yeah. uh, and 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 you're quite clearly out of your depth, and uh, I, I actually can viscerally you know remember walking into Kenilworth Road to those offices. Yeah. Um, to no great fanfare, which won't be a surprise, and uh, just sort of introducing myself and saying, sort of, you know, I'm here here for this uh, here for this trial. Let's let's do it. And um, feeling that I was hugely out of out of weight class, yeah, okay. yeah, um, okay. uh, but you know, enjoying it, you know, all the same. So your takeaways? What are the big takeaways for you, Greg? I think the big takeaways are that for me about that experience are you know are these that uh, this is an iterative process, life. So you know, if you you if you sort of want it, want everything to be scripted and and uh, con, you know sort of conforming, then I think you you might be sadly disappointed about how it all how it all plays out. But I think the other point for me is that um, without finding out about that sort of that sort of feeling where your stomach drops and wondering whether you should be there, yes. I'm not sure you, you you know you can really grow as a person. So as I said, you know um, you know that feeling I've had several times since in, you know in my life, and yep. um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. No, no, from what I understand, you're herald from the bush. Is that correct? Yeah, from the bush, from up, up around the Tamworth area. Both, both my mum and dad from up around that area. So, and mum and did dad own the old sports store? Is that right? Yeah, he did. He did. Oh, tell you, our research yeah, yeah, is unbelievable. So, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. So there was no shortage of uh, of, of of runners and and, uh, and football boots. Yeah. So now, now you're a successful businessman. How did that story? Kickoff. So you go over there as an eighteen-year-old. Yeah. You go and trial, trial. Obviously, yeah. you then yeah. came back. Yeah, came back. You yeah. put yourself on the edge. You think, okay, I, I like that. Yeah. And then what happens after that, Andrew? Greg, I thought, uh, oh, you know, like young Australian men, maybe I thought, you know, what else can I do to sort of, you know, take something um, to, to a bit to a bit of an edge in my mm-hmm. life? And I thought about um, uh, some military experience, and then and then pursued that. Uh, uh, and I had a similar feeling on day one as I did walking into a, a first division sporting franchise, uh, and a similar outcome. Now that I think about it, um, but um, <laughs> but look, I, um, I look, I went from there to um, you know just uh, just throwing myself into to some some university, but also mainly to some hands on work around you know around the place. Our, our family, not not my immediate um, you know generation, but not my parents, but their 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 families. Had you know both had reasonable histories in in uh, in the pub industry. So oh really? 
yeah, we're not from a from we're certainly not by no stretch from a we're from a family pub dynasty, but we'd had we'd had experience in the in that field. So it was yeah. something that was and something that's pretty natural, I think, to country kids anyway to work in the and to city kids as well, but to work in work in a pub. So I did that and uh, and uh, remember fondly doing it at you know places like Jackson's and jo- on George oh, yeah, yeah. In, uh, in the Rocks and uh, the Metropolitan Hotel or Courthouse or lots of lots of you know great old institutions around around the city. Um, and what you would you start off at the very basics or were... very basics, mate? Picking up glasses, wiping really? ashtrays. Peter Byrne singing, uh, you know, um, um, Neil Diamond hits in the you know in in the bar there on a Friday night, and yep. you know, um, taking out the garbage and fighting off the rats uh, down there, you know, near the harbour. So, yep. right from the right from the bottom, which is to be honest, not that not that foreign to most most people who start in that industry that aren't from a from a pub family. So to speak. So yeah, did that, and then um, and then you know worked worked away you know from that from that point to bars and management, and then a bit of security, and then uh, and then yeah, and then uh, ended up at a place in uh, in Coogee called the Palace. What it, what's kept you in it? What 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 attracted you to you know? So like you said, it's a long hours sometimes, pretty um unsociable hours as well. Uh, can be not the easiest of the careers to pursue. I think I think Greg, it's either in you or it's not that that industry, and I think people can do it for periods of time. But there's something about that industry that I liked, and I don't know what it, I think it was a combination of a number of things. Yep. I think it's I think it's actually the interaction with people, whether they be you know staff or, or, or patrons, and there was plenty of opportunities to yep. interact, you know, obviously with both, or, or or whether it's just you know understanding what a grassroots business looks like, and that's that's a that's a grassroots business in its purest form. Yeah, right. So you know, I think that was attractive to me. Um, you know. Um, Let's be clear. We, we weren't operating on people. We were just you know, pouring and providing beers in a safe, clean environment to do it. In fact, not always safe and clean. Now that I think about that too, yeah. but um, you know, I think that's a that's a it's it's an attractive thing. Australians have got a, uh, I think, an, a, you know, a bit of a magnetism towards pubs, whether you work in them or you want to go to them, or you you know you have a favourite local or yep. whatever it is. And we've seen that recently with the you know the end of the pandemic and yeah. and and how people have been so keen to get back back there. Yeah. Um, I'm one of four boys, so it was a place where I could also um, provide some employment opportunities for for, for them, and then okay. keep them working. You know, and you know, with with me for a number of years in the early days, and and their mates and other friends, you know, from from the regional areas, looking for a job. So, you know, there are certainly worse places you can work than than, than a pub. So, yeah. could you and could you Bay Palace? That was a uh, bit of a springboard, was it? Total springboard. Uh, yeah, I think I was uh, licensee there. You know, uh, from a probably. 21 or 22 years Jeez, old young. or something like that way too young uh and uh but but it was good i you know uh in that venture um had a uh, uh, uh a guy who who owned it that um very successful yeah, uh, banker who owned it uh and you know um so why did he why did he back you you know you not as if you know him or anything like that you're, yeah. a, you're a bush boy coming down here and you're Got the network pretty well. How did? Why did he back you? Oh, look, I think that you know, I think he probably saw in me someone who was um, prepared to prepared to do the hours, prepared to work, um, had some ability in that area without uh, being too dramatic, and and you know was honest and you know just prepared to have a go. And I guess what I didn't have, which was which was funding to have, to have my own pub, he 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 had, and uh, maybe maybe some of those um, those sort of hands on attributes given his role elsewhere. Uh, he he couldn't afford to to provide the the the, the venture um, I could you know I could make up for so it wasn't look in that respect it was a good it was a good uh, a good relationship and we we went on and and uh, acquired and and um, and I ran for him you know three or four significant hotels in Sydney and okay. Kings Cross and Parramatta and yeah. other places yeah and what did that lead to then Andrew 
Led to uh, led to me uh, joining up with a very famous uh, Australian pub family, the Laundies, and we yeah. we, uh, we myself and uh, and and the, the two the two sons, Stu and Craig, uh, yeah. Arthur's two sons, set up a uh, a pub fund with yeah. a with a merch, with a bank grant, same with an investment bank, and we went and raised equity in a market, um, you know, in the sort of two thousand and five, uh, and uh, you know, acquired. A number of hotels and ended up at you know at the end of that process um, operating about you know just under fifty pubs nationally uh, as, as a group yeah which is significant which is yeah. a lot different to running you know one pub even even something as big as the Palace in Coogee. Was this the first time anything had been done like this before? In sense of being no, I don't I don't think it was Greg, but I think it was um, it was certainly um, certainly the first time we'd been involved in anything like that. But I, but what we but what we uh, I guess were able to achieve was to. You know, grow something very quickly. I mean, we we grew that you know in a matter of years, um, okay. uh, which is now you know um, a number of those hotels still exist in a in a in a similar sort of portfolio under 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 different badging. But that was a great experience for me, and ended up you know turning into a um, being invested into a listed company, which we which we had some exposure to as well. So on the commercial side, commercial acumen, that you had to pick that up fairly swiftly. Then I would have thought. Yeah, I think so, and I think look again. One of those things, you know, a little bit like walking into a first division sporting franchise. You know, you you, you pick things up quickly. Um, that that particular sporting franchise only had an astroturf pitch. I don't know how that wasn't uh, didn't occur to me before I got there, but I didn't have astroturf boots, so that was that was tricky for the first few sessions. Uh, and in much the same way as some of the things we did, uh, some of the things we did. Uh, you know, when we're running the thing, we learn on the go. But we, you know, we 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 we're not unintelligent guys, and and we we picked it up quickly, but. Yeah, baptism of fire stuff, um, fear of failure stuff, uh, all those things that drive you. We're pretty entrepreneurial as well, so we, you know, we, we, we were in it to to better our, our position, you know, financially and and those that, that came along the journey with us. So, uh, but you're right, there were there were some gaps in our knowledge base, and yeah. we had to we had to we had to um, you know close those quickly. But we also had to um, you know know what we didn't know and 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 backfill that with people around us that um, that did. What do you like on the uh, picking the the right people around you? I'm getting better, and uh, I, don't, I don't think I was ever uh, poor at it. But I'm, you know, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm getting better, and I think that's one thing that comes with a bit of time on the on the road and a bit of bit of uh, grey hair. That you you know you you realise that you realise from a very early age that you uh, in business anyway. I think, and the successful people seem to that you you, you don't want to be the smartest or wealthiest person you know. Um, and secondly. Um, Things that you're not good at, um, you, you need to make sure there are people around you know around you who are. So, you know, um, I'm a big believer in giving people the opportunity. Oh, yeah. um, big believer, yeah. And and uh, and intrinsically, if people are genuine people and 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 have a have a have a, a willingness to to learn and a willingness to have a proper crack at something, they can be they can be um, molded into you know different forms of themselves, more successful forms. And I think I'm a, I'm a I think about my own journey that. Feels like I'm a I'm a I'm a bit like that, so therefore you know I kind of take that view with you know other people that I that I surround myself with. So the journey kept going. You want to talk us through the next couple of steps? Yeah, so so we we sort of kept going around ran a listed vehicle, um, you know, for a few years as the as the CEO, and then and then you know spun out of that in sort of 2010. Met, met a family who synonymous with the real estate industry in Australia, the, the White family who yep. are the who are the you know the owners and operators, fourth generation, maybe fifth generation now owners and operators of of the Ray White network. And um, uh, fantastic people, uh, you know, real people of real substance um, and 
people that I met socially who suggested uh, that you know this might be something that I would consider, which is in, in effect you know agency work. Um, and it didn't occur to me that that was a great idea to be blunt at the time. And yep. but I'm glad I did uh, afterwards. What was the approach for you in the sense of what were you trying to set out to achieve with the railway family? Ah, uh, look, I think they 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 saw that um, you know agency is really about um, networking. Is really yep. about um, a lot of the things that had been. Uh, successful levers in the you know in my in in my hotel operation background which was just you know long hours um you know an, an element a level of integrity that 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 is is uh, maintained you know over long periods which is which is what that, that family is known for and i think they saw that or potentially saw that in, in you know in me which is what why they made the suggestion and i i thought that it, it was something that i wanted to Wanted to try and again, you know, sort of indexing back to that earlier statement about this this whole this whole life or this whole professional journey being iterative. If yep. if you know, you know, here we go again. Throw yourself in at the deep end, um, and you know, glad I did. And ten years later, we, we you know, I'm, I'm you know still in the, still in that in that asset class and performing and doing 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 that with uh, a number of really good people around me. So you're a big believer in the um, play the long game, are you? Massive believer in that. Yeah. So what's De- that mean? Well, I think that means um, that you don't take decisions that are based on um, you know anything anything particularly short term. So you're trying to ele- elevate yourself always above whatever there might be a short term you know short term gain for, or or, or a, a decision that might bring you you know um, you know something that 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 you you, you know um, has a has a, a legitimacy or a or a or a life you know expectancy for whatever the whatever the the win is or the benefit is that. Is not going to survive, um, you know, any great longevity. So that's what that means to me. That, but it also means, you know, take decisions, you know, for the for the broader term. So if you need to make decisions because you know that it's going to be a decision you'll have to take at some point, that's 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 the that's the antithesis of that. Take the long term view and make those decisions based on that. And my understanding, Andrew, is you were the number one sales guy internationally for the group. Um, that's 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 hell of an achievement. You know what? Uh, that is that is actually a, a, a very pleasing achievement. Yeah, because they, that again, you know, ten thousand um, ten thousand employees in that in that uh, family business. They're, the, they're 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 the biggest. Not all salespeople, obviously, but they're yep. the, they're the largest uh, in 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 Australasia. And um, I think it's important to note though that the the type of assets that were being sold were lumpier than. Uh, you know, um, units in regional Australia, yeah. um, but uh, notwithstanding, yeah, very, very happy to have achieved that. Felt a little bit, um, uh, yeah, a little bit uneasy at the at the start about that because I know there's, um, you know, there's, you know, a lot of those guys that work in that organisation um, do some phenomenal things and sell multiple properties. And yep. but as I say, at a you know, smaller asset price, but yeah, Greg, that's a that's a um, in a funny way, that's that's something that I'm uh, that you know I take great great uh, comfort in that that uh, that history. What do you reckon was the secret to the success? Well, Greg, I wish I, I wish I could tell you in in a couple of simple sentences. And I and again, I you know I want to say to you, this is not this is not uh, you know uh, high level science or anything like that. But but it it really is a sum of the parts thing. The market was running strong. The assets were. The assets were lumpy in size, but Greg, I've worked in the in 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 professionally in Sydney for twenty or thirty years in an asset class broadly in the hospitality and property based asset class. Yep. You know, I I must have, by virtue of that, several hundred close contacts in a professional sense. So if you can't, if you've performed as I've suggested you should over that period, and you've you've operated and conducted yourself in a manner, yep, 
there are some great leverage points there you've got where you can actually you know network to get a result and I think that's I think ultimately that's the that's the, the you know the outcome was um, we knew we knew a lot of people we, we knew our business we worked very hard and we yeah. did it we did it with a level of, of integrity and maybe the benefit of knowing both sides of the transaction so having had a having had a history operating, I knew what vendors were, were were really concerned about. I knew what purchasers were really looking for. So, being able to marry those two things, um, you know, maybe slightly differently to our competition, yep, certainly helped us. Um, yeah, certainly helped us. You study the competition, um, yeah, to to to, to the point of uh, uh, to the point of um, incoherence. Do you really? Absolutely. Yeah, and I heard you're into the detail. You're, you're you don't miss much from what I gather. I like detail. Yeah, I like detail, and that's um, you know that's that's from having you know worked for people who 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 are some of the most you know you know detailed, nauseatingly detailed creatures you know on the planet um, have have made me that way. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I like detail. Okay, so you had a terrific period of time. With ten years, did you say? Yeah, ten, ten years it's been. Yeah, part of the company. Set up a new uh, set up a new entity okay. um, called uh, called HTL and yeah. um, and and. But did that uh, with the White family, so invited them into into that okay. into that con- to continue that journey. And invited is probably not the right right word. Um, discussed with them a continuation of the journey under 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 a different under a different brand. Yep. Uh, and in doing so, you know, significantly um, amplified the, the 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 number of people that worked worked in the group now to to around twenty nationally. Okay. And. Uh, and did it at a time where I thought that the professional services market in property wanted wanted more, a more boutique offering. Yes. Uh, as with a number of other, you know, you, you would see that no doubt. Yeah. You know, in the course of your your daily work in terms of law firms or accounting firms, and boutique to me doesn't mean cute. Boutique and boutique can't mean uh, you know lacking power. Yeah. Um, so boutique to me means more means agility, and in fact means more concentrated concentrated. You know, power or, or or efficacy. So that's that's why we did it. And um, and look, we've been you know we've been uh, blessed with the with the support that the, the the market has shown for us. We 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 enjoy a favourable market share nationally, Is and right? continue to do so, and plan to continue to do so. And uh, yeah, so that's that's three years in the making. What's the big successes so far, Andrew? Big successes. Yeah, with HTL. Look, I think uh, big successes are we, we we had a mandate and you know to, you know that we that to uh, internally driven mandate to to enjoy uh, a minimum of fifty percent of the market share, which is pretty audacious when you think about some of our competition. Absolutely, uh, but asset class specific, and uh, we've we've done that in the in the you know every year in the three years. So w- we know that success to us looks like a couple of things, but at a at a at a revenue line, we know that success means. Uh, you know, as much or more revenue than the combined sum of of, of our competition. Well, so, in other words, fifty percent or more. And to do that, that means success to us. Um, the other thing I think for us, you know, um, getting through the the uh, you know the first twelve or eighteen months of any new business uh, is 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 a daunting prospect. But to do that, um, it, that's that to us is a is a is a, an op, you know objective met. And growing the team, but also growing the, the offering. So not only growing the same channel of, yep. of offering service, but to to grow out into HDL Capital, which is a which is a a debt and equity um, um, purveyor and debt and equity sourcer for for the for the market, okay. which, we, which we've done 
uh, and to, as well to accommodation. And we've got some other ideas about how we want to want to grow the services to our to our client base, you know, as well. So the actual, you want to talk about the actual business itself? Do you cover all of Australia, Andrew? What, yeah. where, where do you specialise in? We cover all of Australia. So we we, we specialise in traditional hotels, which 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 other people might call pubs. Yep. We specialise in accommodation hotels, which are you know from leisure assets to uh, to you know experiential you know sort of uh, boutique small key um, uh, operations to five star uh, hotels, which we which we've got some experience in transacting. Uh, and, and and as well as the you know the debt and capital uh, origination both um, both from senior senior debt uh, perspective and and also non non bank uh, providers so um, mezzanine or prep equity providers so okay. we're enjoying uh, enjoying some good market share there as well and I think you said earlier in the year Andrew that um, we will see the greatest period of market activity on record um, what makes you say that. Well, I see the, the data in real time. It's a real reason I, I say that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also a big believer in, uh, in you know, in where this where this industry is going, and um, and I, I can see the support that the major lenders are providing it. I can see the legislative headwinds that are now benign, largely because we've got some great um, great representation in the you know in the you know uh, as a as a as a co- as a cohort. There's some political representation there from from a few groups that that. Um, Put the industry and put the asset class in a, in, in, a, in a good space. Yep. And I just know that the uh, that the, the, the demand for uh, hospitality, but property backed hospitality assets of all of all manner, is, is far out uh, outweighs any supply that we can deliver. So that tells me that things are obviously going to be um, prosperous. Uh, but Greg, you know, we I mean the industry. You know, has done. I think in the last couple of years, one one point three billion and one point six billion annually in, in in transactions. Wow! And we're on we're on track to surpass that again this financial year. Who's buying? Real mix. So um, you know, it's um, a real mix, but it's you know probably still a concentration of of historical ownership, long term ownership, multi generation ownership. It is, is it? It is, and uh, um, you know, there's there there are some very well. Finance very well credentialed uh, corporates in the marketplace like um, like Red Cape like uh, like Endeavour yep. uh, like uh, AVC uh, and and those guys are certainly uh, doing you know enjoying more than their market share but you know it's some of the old family names all around all around the country that are, that, are, that are able to um, move very quickly uh, to add add assets into to conduct DD quickly which is which is what's giving them that that uh, chronological advantage in terms of transacting. And there's a weight of private equity capital too on the periphery trying to get Is in. It? Absolutely, but it's uh, you know it's a it's a it's a tough space to get uh, get a foothold in. Some of, some of the prices are quite astronomical, and it's based on the property value, Andrew, isn't it? I think it's based on property value, but I think it's also based on you know um, you know these things are these things are unique. And we're talking specifically about pubs. These things are unique creatures. You know, they're often on a high street. Uh, in, in wherever they are, whether it's in George Street in, in Sydney or whether it's in you know regional uh, you know Queensland, yep. they're on the high street. Yep, they're on a corner. Yep, often. Yep. Uh, more often than not, in yep. fact, uh, they're large format. That they, they are either have the capacity to be um, you know augmented into something with a with a, with a, with another use, so a mixed use, or, or they've got alternative use rights because they're because they're so they're so lumpy, so they can be another commercial use. And you compare that to another asset class, um, and without being too pejorative about other asset classes. Yeah. You compare that to, you know, an industrial shed, which can only ever be an industrial shed, quite likely. But these things can be lots of other things. I think the other thing about them, Greg, is they're they're such good cash flow businesses. So, 
you know they're easy to wind down and easy to wind up there's no there's, there's no no trade debtors you, you get very um i don't know what your experience is but mine is you don't get a lot of trading terms at a pub you've got about 11 seconds i think to pay for the product otherwise you, you you're out yep. and uh so so they as a cash flow model they're they're, they're, they're brilliant uh, they you know the product you know whether it's asahi or whatever it is um uh you effectively got it on consignment because you've got, you know, trading terms, seven days, 14 days to pay. Yep. Um, so these things are simple business models. They're not easy to run, but they're simple business models. And that's good. That's huge attraction for, you know, for various, for capital in the, wherever it is, sits in the capital stack, whether it's, whether it's a debt or equity instrument or wherever it is, yep. uh, there's a quick return on these things. And the barriers to entry are so high. There's only a certain number of hotels and hotel licenses. Yep. Councils require certain applications to be approved before you can. So you know the barriers to someone turning up next door to you and saying, "I'm going to take your trade," far higher than other industries. Yeah, right. Okay. And and that is a frustration of people in terms of wanting to grow things, but it's also the great protectionism that they enjoy. And I think all of those things, you know, are why we're seeing asset prices do what they what they're doing. But I don't think they're finished. I think I think there's there's further contraction to come. Oh, do you really? Absolutely, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, where where's the pubs going in terms of imagination? I mean, from what, when you started all those years ago, and then yeah. big break with the palace, and now yeah. what's yeah. happening now? Are we are we going to be building up, building out? Is there going to be different customer service? What what's going to happen? Andrew? Let's let's talk about the palace, you know. And, and apologies to people who don't know it, but you know, on the northern end of Coogee Beach, the old aquarium. Um, but let's talk about that. I mean, you know, I thought it was easily the greatest hotel in the world when I was when I was running it, which yeah. won't surprise you, but. <laughs> Turns out it turns out it probably wasn't, and uh, and but let's just have a look at what's happened there now, you know, with uh, with the Maryvale Group and what Justin yes. Hems and his uh, you know and his family and his company have done there. I mean, th- that is the greatest example I think you can you can see of, of of where where to in this industry. And for me, it's about elongation of trading hours. So that business that we ran down there, you know, talked to a certain element of the community and yeah. talked to an element of that community for a period of time, and it wasn't for you know. Um, much more than probably six or eight hours a day. Um, you go down to that property in Coogee now at, at eight or nine a.m. in the morning, and there's, you know, there's a plethora of prams down there, and there's there's you know people catching up and having coffees, and it's you know it's it's crash like activity down there. But this, yep. but but there will be somebody in that venue the the whole day and feel comfortable. You know, I, I could never get people to feel comfortable at ten a.m. in the palace. Uh, in those days, and and um, and so so clearly wasn't at the same level of operational capacity as Justin, uh, but that's a great example, Greg. So how do you provide us? How do you provide an experience in a venue that talks to so much broader uh, section of the community and for and for longer hours? That's and, and at a higher and at a higher delivery level. I mean, you know, you don't have to think back too far where you would where you would question whether you would take a take your you know your family or your girlfriend or your boyfriend into a you know, particular venue or yep. you know into a pub yep now now you just wouldn't have second thoughts and in fact some of these venues are you know uh, uh, some of the you know the safest most enjoyable you know places you can you know you can find yourself in it, yourself in a retail experience are you surprised it took so long for someone to start doing this because a lot of these pubs in the past have been pretty basic shells am i surprised I, I, look i don't know I, I think you know i think some of these operators here that we have here in australia you know to be absolutely blunt are uh, are at the forefront of what's happening in that hospitality space anywhere in the world. You really believe that? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, some of these venues, and, you know, I've spoken about Maryvale, but there are plenty of other examples. And, uh, but, you know, you, you think about, um, you think about those venues, you know, on that scale, um, 
you know, you you you, you might have a you might have a Baltazar in you know in Spring Street in New York, a restaurant yep. which is you know very people are very fond of, or some of the groups in out of LA or in SLS, those guys, people in Las Vegas, um, McAnally and, and and other places, you yep. know, and people in people in people in London, and there's some, but but are they on the scale that we that we're seeing in, you know in, in Australia and you know Sydney, you know Brisbane, Melbourne, and even Perth, are they on that sort of scale? Uh, and are they are they executing at the same at the same level consistently and across so many so many different sort of sort of outlets um, and they're perfecting it. So no, I, you know I, I stand stand corrected, but I, I don't think there's anybody you know uh, doing it the way that some of those guys that we've got here. So I think I find we're very lucky in that regard. What's what's it like in the bush, Andrew? I haven't been out there for a little bit, obviously, because of the pandemic. So yeah. how are they all going? And is, and is the average publican out there when we get you know as we move forward? Does the average publican out there actually make a buck, or yep. is it? Yeah, they, they do. They actually do. Yeah, they're they not do. tied to it. Yeah, I always thought most pubs didn't make uh, a lot of money. Well, you know what? There was a time. There was a time when they didn't. But we, we, you know, let me tell you what's happening in the bush at the moment. It's green. Um, people have you know, revisited, reimagined it because they've gone there because we haven't been able to jump on planes and go elsewhere. So the Hunter Valleys of the world, if we're talking, you know, yep. close to Sydney or the yep. Bowels of the world or the or the Mudgies or the you know or, you yep. know of the world, um, certainly Byron. Yes. Um, We've all reconnected with these places, and 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 some people haven't reconnected. They've just connected, so they've gone there for the first time and realised this this is you know this is a part of our country that we that we haven't seen, and it's a good part of the country. So it's green. You've seen what's happening with agri business and agri business prices booming, booming. You've yep. seen what's happened with you know product off the land in terms of you know cattle prices, in terms of grain prices. Yep. So do you know what? Um, notwithstanding you know some 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 droughts and then some floods and then some some fire, um, those areas. Arguably, have never have never been better, and the local publican in those towns is absolutely flying at the moment, and and deservedly so. Uh, and what that what that also means now is there's great interest, uh, great interest from Sydney publicans to acquire uh, country assets, and which yeah, for, right. which forces you know the prices to 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 improve, and uh, it's it's it really is a good story. And what and we're still going down the gastro. Is that really popular these days? Yeah, or you what must you must have food. So you must have food. Um, so what? So what? What are we? What are the principles of making a good pub, then, Andrew? Oh, look, I think I think the principles are you know making people feel comfortable in there. So whatever whatever the target market you're going for, people have got to feel it's got to be believable. You know, safe and safe and clean. You would think those things are weren't optional, but you know. Um, those those still, you know they're both still you know high on people's you know uh, you know on people's kind of criteria for wanting to go to a place and um, and then what are you offering what's your, what's your point of difference so is your point of difference a food point of difference is your, is your point of difference a, you know sort of entertainment yep. which is which is now coming back is it coming back it is coming back yeah so you know there's a there's a renaissance there in terms of you know live music and and, and other and other forms of entertainment in hotels full facilities another one you know Greg so you know providing uh, providing a you know couple of food options maybe within the one premises depending on the size providing a gaming function you know that's yep. a that's a that's a big part of a lot of people's, you know, social outlet, what, you know, yep. what they want to do, but not doing it in a way that any, you know, one of those, you know, particular revenue streams dominates the, all the others. That's that's another way. And I think, you know, when I think back to my time again at the palace. You know, we, we, you know, we had a, you know, if you weren't sort of eighteen to twenty-four, and it wasn't midnight on a Saturday night, and you weren't into really sticky sugar drinks, and probably we probably didn't appeal to you. Um, yeah, right. Thankfully, there were enough people who did like those things. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think I think that's what makes us, you know, and consistency, Greg, you know, knowing that every time you go to that place, you, you, you're going to be treated in the same way and the, and, the, and the product you get is going to be exactly the same as you got before. And that's that's what that's how all great businesses perform. Andrew, we're starting to see out, and particularly in the, in the um, 
in the countryside, uh, the public is making an effort towards the, really towards the family. You think that's going to be successful and long lasting? I think it's imperative. So uh, yeah, you know, let's let's think about the um, you know typical. Well, it doesn't even have to be regional. Typical family that you know that 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 want to go to this venue now. So someone who's is very comfortable spending a few hours at the pub of preference with their family. Um, a, a great distraction for anyone who's had kids is you know how, what, what are your kids up to and yep. and uh, and how they how they're being occupied and you know some sort of throwaway half broken Nintendo or, or, or some other dangerous piece of equipment uh, to uh, to satisfy kids for um, you know is not is not the solution. So you, you, yep. you're right. You've seen now these you know fantastic activity centres that uh, are attended to you know to, to, to hotels all around the place and some of the uh, convenience food chains have had, had had done it beforehand, but yeah, look, that's happening in pubs. But it, but it doesn't have to be, you know, big plastic sort of slides with you know in all the primary colours. It can be um, it can be other other things. I mean, I think there, there's there can be. Um, I think I've seen some pubs with you know bocce and there's petting zoos at daytime in pubs again to elongate the hours. So that's that's another big thing. You know, how do you how do you bring the you know the kids in um, so that you know they're comfortable as well? Yes. Uh, so that you know they're. Other family members can spend longer there. What's the future for the um, the clubs then, Andrew? Is uh, is pubs going to sort of take the lead here for the next few years? I think there'll always be a place for clubs. Um, clubs um, occupy a slightly different, you know, uh, or perform a slightly different role in the community, but there'll always yeah. be there'll always be there'll always be a place for for clubs. But they 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 really are you know a different beast. They do a great job in. You know, in the in the support and the sponsorship they give to local communities, and they're and they're a meeting place. But you know, there's there's, I guess there's, um, you know, it's a, it's a it's a it's a different experience going to a pub at a club. You you've got to be a member, or you've got to live outside the area. At a pub, there's you know, arguably greater anonymity, so it's not the same sharing of information when you walk in the when you walk in the door of a pub. True. And some people just want that. Some people don't want to to you know have to, to jump through all the hoops, and, and others and others clearly do. So I think there'll always be a home, you know, for both. But you know, I, you know, based on you know some of my commentary around uh, some of the operators we have here and some of the large format offerings, I think you'll I think you'll see um, you know some transference of club patrons to some of these larger format pub offerings. Running the business of a pub a lot more sophisticated than it was many years ago. Totally. Or is it, yeah. Totally. But is it, is it is it really or is it really still understanding? Well, the back of the house. Is, no, you're right. Well, it's a good question. The back of house is far more sophisticated, like far more sophisticated. So there's, you know, there's less cash around. So there's there, and there's greater reliance in on 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 sort of you know, money money in transit and and uh, and and other sort of technical reporting products that are required. There's there's a greater expectation from government authorities about those you know, those matters too, Austrac and and the like. So. This is a different level of compliance than than, than was ever the, was ever required previously. So it is particularly more sophisticated. But as you allude to, um, the front of house and you know running a good pub and attracting people and being a good host, the game's exactly the same. I mean, there's some other levers you need to pull, but fundamentally that 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 game, the front of house game, is you know in terms of how you might conduct yourself running a pub is is exactly the same. And how's the relationships with governments? They, uh, in the state governments, you're noticing they've been they've been stronger or been fragmented or fractured over this period of time. How, how have you found it? I oh, look the visibility that I have on that is that it's been it's probably it's probably never been better. So you know, I mean, again, you know, it's a you know funny quirk to see politicians sort of talk about well, this is the vaccination rate and this is when this is when we can effectively go back to a pub. It's you know, it's one of the four items that are discussed. So um, they realise, um, as does just the community, Greg. You know, 
it almost happened in the CBD in Sydney, that kind of post-war they did. type feeling about it, you know, yeah. and, and, and I would imagine that's what, it, you know, thankfully never had to experience it, but I would imagine that, you know, would be what it was like. Uh, and so what do people do? They want, they, they, they want to be around people where, where they're comfortable. Uh, they want to disaggregate quite often and go to where their community hubs are, and that's what pubs have been, you know, for, 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 you know, for centuries. Uh, and so they want to do that. And, and politicians, are smart, you know, are intelligent people, obviously, by nature, and they, they, they know that. They can see that. So to disenfranchise your relationship with the pub industry is, um, I, I would, would think, would be a myopic view to take from, from, a, from a political perspective. And, and, and I, you know, I think the, the relationship's never been better. Immigration, is that having any impact against, on, on the pub scene versus the club scene versus the hotel scene? No, I think no, I think no difference between those three, but, but, it, but an impact because there's a lot of, a lot of uh, the, that workforce that, that um, provided a you know, real resource to em- employers that, that just aren't here. And, um, you know, so that's, you know, that's something that uh, it, well, is being felt. I mean, you know, there, there, are, there are restrictions to terms, in terms of the number of people that can dine at restaurants currently but um, there are greater restrictions as well uh, over the top based on uh, staff numbers to actually uh, to actually service the patronage and I think a, a number of those staff have gone home. Andrew look many a proud Australian has had the um, the dream I guess to own their own pub. You're the cold face how, how hard is it? Yeah look it's not particularly easy but I tell you what you know when we get asked that question a lot as, as, as you uh, as you might expect and I think I think we just we really just identify with people the reasons for wanting to own it, you know, because the novelty of owning any business really, unless you know, unless you sort of deep dive into you know um, the, the fundamental reasons as to you know why and 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 how we're going to achieve this, um, uh, you know, important to, to to know. So we would we would get an idea of you know you know obviously capacity. I mean, what 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 sort of value are we talking about? Um, and then we'd then we'd think about you know. Um, management experience, or what, you know, what we need to draw upon externally if we need to, you know, fill a gap there, whether it be a, a operational, managerial, lending, um, structuring, those, those sort of things. But look, you know, there are literally tens of thousands of pubs in Australia, literally. Yep. yep. Uh, and so they're they're still accessible to people. And the the good news is that all the major lenders uh, have a an affection for the asset class, which is which is b- borne out by their you know, desire to continue to lend and lend handsomely by comparison to to other asset classes in terms of the in terms of the metrics, the LVRs and the and the rates provided. So yeah. this is this this is an industry that remains accessible to people. Now we okay. we sold a hotel in Sydney for seventy million dollars at a at a sub five percent cap rate as a freehold going concern, which means with management risk, which is a record. So that's the record uh, certainly of a pub of that scale nationally ever in terms of a yield and why do they pay so much for it Andrew? i think it's a function of uh, where people believe they can take a business i don't know anyone who buys a pub who doesn't think they can improve it yeah nobody, okay. nobody buys it to take it backwards and very few people buy it to, to 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 maintain you know a sort of a homeostasis of the current trade or the historical trade so everybody has a plan for improving that and that could be operational that could be capex driven it could be some market carry they could be you know picturing could be all of those things and so you know, you, you know. I think about the, the the property that was that was acquired here in Sydney in the north northwest corridor of Sydney, and at that at that yield. Um, but there's still a there's still a decent delta between you know that yield, even at even at just you know sub five percent, and the cost of capital you know being lent, yep. and it's still a two or three hundred basis point spread. So, 
it always seems to oscillate wherever the yield, the bid ask spread. It's always a, around about a two or three hundred basis point yeah, right. uh, spread. So it's being maintained at the moment, uh, and you know opportunities exist. So we'd welcome your call, Greg. Put you into a pub. <laughs> you bullish about the economy? The economy? Yeah. Uh, look, I'm not. Um, I'm not um, concerned about the economy. I think. I think the um, you know the economy is. We're going to enjoy a period. Uh, for the foreseeable future yep. of low interest rates, yep. we're going to enjoy a, a period for the foreseeable future of um, of you know re- real uh, aggression, retail spending aggression, uh, because people are you know have been hamstrung for some time, and you know I think Australia is a prosperous country with many of its you know natural resources is is you know and whether that be you know um, rare earth or whether that be agricultural resources. You know, we're in a pretty good position in this part of the world. Does that mean that I, I don't, you know, have concerns, you know, sort of 10-year horizon type concerns? Yep. Um, no, it doesn't mean that, but, but um, you know, I'm certainly not going to um, allow um, the lack of sight, you know, that sort of far out um, determine too greatly what, um, you know, what my, what my thoughts are current day. Put it this way, we get asked the question regularly, is, is now a good time to sell or is now a good time to buy? And mm. I, I think without... You know, being too lazy in terms of our response, I think the I think the, the the typical answer from us is well, we actually we've got some pretty good visibility on the next few years. We know what the space looks like. We've got a view that that the yields are contracting. Uh, we've got a view that assets are more scarce, and we know that legislative headwinds. I think I've, I've mentioned earlier in this discussion are benign. Yeah, and debt is well priced and available. So if not now. You know, we can't point to a better period of time. So we we, we think this is a, re- a really fascinating uh, point in the chronological juncture for for the asset class and yep. for for all property businesses in Australia. So you you actually really believe that, Andrew? Absolutely, full conviction. So who typically rings up, Andrew? Is it a, is it a consortium? Is it people like me who always like for that question? I've yeah. always had that interest. What's What's the what's the normal call, Greg? We come across people's radars as you know as being a bit different because we we, we, we are boutique, got great access into family offices around Australia. Yeah, okay. Uh, so we get huge you know referral benefits from that. So you know who's who's ringing up? Uh, look, uh, look, a whole raft of people, but people that want a discrete discussion and 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 want to be able to rely upon what we tell them, and that's that's you know that's that's what we like to think is our point of difference. People, we know people are going to rely on what we tell them. So we make sure what we're telling them, we, we, we know we believe in and, we, and enjoys the benefit of, of accuracy. But we also call people. So we, we, we're not waiting for people to call us. Um, yep. we, we, we're on the phone. We, we, we're pretty active and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be out of the question for um, the sales agents in our, in our company, irrespective of the asset class they're operating in, to, to, make, to reach out to sort of 20 unique people a day just to, you know, to, to ensure you know, a bit of contextual relevance and let people know we're there, whether it be whether it be halcyon days or whether it be the depths of the, um, you know, of the pandemic and the yep. and and the travel restrictions, we were still talking to people, those in those sort of numbers daily, um, you know, not disappearing and, and only only waiting to re- resurface when the when the when the going was good again. Now I like how you um you summed up that word boutique. You want to talk me just for a little bit more about that because you know Australians are typically very conservative. I've always found, um, and boutique can mean small, mm. uh, which can be negative in some cases and don't have the firepower. Others would say, if you look at fashion, they dominate because it's the boutiques. Yeah. So, you, you, do you actually say you, you call yourself a boutique? We do. We call ourselves a specialist and a boutique agency, and we and we do it knowing full well that you know there may be some ambiguity out there. But we we, we try to close around that ambiguity by 
by acting in a way that's as as I, as I've said, you know, more efficient or um, more more concentrated power. So boutique to me means um, you know just means means agility and, and sincerity. Boutique to me means not worrying about the stuff that doesn't matter. So we don't we don't worry about uh, stuff that other much larger organisations quite rightly have to worry about. So yeah. you know, we, we, we everybody at HTL is from large agency. Everyone's from a large company, so we all know it firsthand. Okay, but we can look at it. And we can cut swathes through it and say, well, how important is that to us? If we if we you know uh, right size the you know the offering. How important is it to us to to uh, to carry all that sort of ballast? And that's what boutique means to me. Just just being far more effective. So boutique to me is not not cute, not small, not an apology, not a trend. It's um it's about accessibility, and that's what we give our clients. Have you been surprised by what, like you said, you know, you've already got fifty percent of the market? No, I haven't been surprised, um, but I've been pleased, very pleased. So, you know, um, we know what the product is that we're bringing. We know the sort of um, acumen we're offering, you know, people, and so surprised is not not a word I'd use to describe it. Um, absolutely um, grateful and very pleased that that's been the take up is yep. is really consistent uh, with with how we feel. But um, no, you know, if you set out to um, to dominate a marketplace and you get the right people around you and you prepare prepare a strategy, yep. um, you know, you should never be surprised if that's the outcome. When you're choosing the right people. Uh, you're in leadership now, Andrew. Like you said, you started many years ago in those glasses, running the um, the palace, and now you know, leading the number one boutique in the country. What type of people would you do you hire? I really like entrepreneurs. So I really like people who and uh, who can think quickly and and laterally. So I really like people who back themselves. Yeah, uh, I do. And yeah. uh, you see much of it? Not, not. It's not prolific, but you know, you you know it when you see it. So people who uh, understand that there is, you know, there's a sort of a collegiacy that's required about, you know, a team, you know, for it to be effective as a, as a, as a unit, but have the capacity to maybe bring something else or maybe suggest something else or, or think differently about, about something and are not afraid to, you know, to, uh, to, 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 to mention it. So when I see those sort of character traits in people, that real self-starter character trait, they're, they're, the, they're the people that, that I gravitate take towards and they're the people that we try and you know put in our businesses so what's the culture like of your organization well what's what's, you know, what's the normal sort of day i know I'm, I'm, I'm making some calls i'm engaging with customers yeah. or potential customers yeah but what's the glue andrew i think the glue the, the value proposition for me for the people that work in our organization and the same and exists with you know the departmental heads and my, my partners in the business and the value proposition is simply this um none of us and i mean none of us would be there if not for the financial benefit and the and the and the career growth and and sustainability of both of those things that that we're all seeking. So if we adopt that as being a pretty clear point of our being and turning up every day, then I think that's a that's a really important thing to do. Yeah. The other piece culturally is you know, we just to make sure that everybody's pulling in the same direction and transparency is a big part of that. So you've got to have some awkward discussions with people. Um, but those discussions are, are, are much better had earlier in the piece. There's no, there's no committees in our organisation. It's no. As, it's no committees zero. Yeah. Um, in our world or in, in our mind anyway, they're the, they're the greatest handbrake on on uh, on decisions being made. And it, it's a um, a linear structure too, Greg. We don't uh, we're not hierarchical. I think everybody understands their role, but we but we're all uh, we're, we're all at a very similar level. So I don't think anybody would consider our organisation either hierarchical or, or political and look that's something that I've you know I've I've learned and seen 
you know, great uh, operators and leaders that I've been exposed to, uh, you know, over my career and not necessarily firsthand, you know, vicariously seen people act and behave in a way. And the ones that are the most effective are the ones that don't get caught up in bureaucracy, don't get don't get caught up in the politics of committee, don't get caught up in much other than action. And, um, and, and you know, great leaders are... <laughs> They lead, and they, they 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 all lead by example, and uh, and they and they they make sure everybody's aware what 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 that looks like, and and um, they make sure everybody's coming along for the ride. They also call the shots, right? So yeah. when it comes to the crunch, Andrew, and the big the big decisions have got to be made, how do you go about it? What's your what's your process? Do you go and bounce it off your team? You sit back at night and make your own call. How do you, how do you go about it? So I think the yeah I think the key to that for us is um, we don't ever let it get to a point where it's such a monumental decision that hasn't been socialised. So yeah. the key for us is um, you know to continually bounce these things off off the team and the team can be the team doesn't have to be you know um, uh, based upon age or, or you know or or, uh, or or revenue status within the group. The team's the team. So but we'll continually you know do that. Uh, we'll make sure people are aware of what we, what we're doing and then we take decisions very quickly. So. That whole paralysis piece around you know getting caught up and having to having to um, you know uh, convene meetings and discussions about you know large decisions is um, is in and of itself failure to me. That's 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 not that's not where where, where a business needs to be. So well, I would much prefer to take four decisions um, and eventually arrive at arrive at the spot having made them. And I know the team likes that, and I know the team respects that, rather than periods of uncertainty or periods of no decision. And then a and then a very dramatic event uh, where there's got to be lots of you know weighty discussions and I just I think you know I, I, any organisation or sporting team or wh- whatever it is that I've been exposed to that you know the the, the people that are people are respectful of people who make decisions um, irrespective of concurrence with that decision or irrespective of whether that decision ultimately turns out to be the right one people who make decisions enjoy following. So if I walked into your office. Um and I caught up with most of your team. Is there a three-year plan, two-year plan? Is it is it done very differently? Because you mentioned agile as being boutique. So what is what is the uh, inspiration to come into that to walk into that room? The inspiration to walk in and join join our organisation. Yeah. Or oh, the inspiration is uh, that you that you would be you will be in an environment, and that that is a physical environment and a and a and a, and a cultural environment. Yep. That is the best of breed. So you're going to be exposed to uh, all the significant deals that are happening in the marketplace. Or the great majority of them, yep. or certainly you're going to be aware of them, even if they're not done in our office. You're you're going to have full visibility. So so we're not cloistering away transactions and and, and ensuring that you know that uh, there's you know some sort of you know opaque nature to certain things that happen in the office. So you're going to be exposed to that. You're going to have administration and 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 and, and marketing and support. You're going to have all of those things, which are which are often first base type requirements. You would think. Yep. But our commitment to to our people and our environment is that there's not going to be anywhere better. So we we're not looking over our shoulder worrying about um, you know the cannibalisation of, of 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 key staff or star performers because if 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 what we're doing is meeting that you know self styled mandate daily, uh, then that's that's what we know our people can expect. That's what they can expect from us, uh, and we obviously don't always get it right, but um, we we get it fixed very quickly if we if we find we haven't got it right. Next three years, five years, Andrew, HTL, is it going to expand? And if it's going to expand, what's it going to expand to? And what's this, what's it look like at scale? I think, uh, look, I think there's, um, there, there are some ideas to, to, to grow out the services. So we might look at some other, um, related, um, 
related businesses that might uh, that, you know, that might exist, um, you know, whether they be asset management or whether they be insurance style things. Yeah. Uh, when you have a trusted um, a client base, um, you, you know, uh, and you can provide a product, then um, th- you know that's something that I've learned that you can, you know, you really can offer, you know, multi- multiple products. So you've got the platform in other words, have you? You got the platform, and 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 we'll look to do that. We'll look to to um, to sort of grow into um, you know more people on the ground in in other states, but. Greg, the reality is we'll do none of those things if um, you know if the opportunity, the right people to bring on board aren't there. We we won't grow for for the sake of it. Um, so I've seen that happen too many times in in other businesses where people grow because they think bigger is better. And I think you know the whole the whole you know nature of our construction is that is that um, better is better, not uh, not not you know not bigger is better. So if you can't get the right you know the right players on the team, then 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 don't do it for the sake of it. So I'd like to think that though in three years we might have another business channel and we might have you know. Um, another few teams around around the country, but if that's if that's not the case, then then we won't we won't go through with that sort of growth strategy, for, you know, for the sake of it. You still getting that nervous feeling in the stomach these days? Yeah, from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. Big deals. Uh, yeah, big deals, or um, you know, or, um, just you know, contemplating or, or or pressing the button on a, you know, on, uh, maybe maybe it is on a on a, on a growth strategy, or it might be just driving with my uh, nine year old twins. Get that feeling with them too. <laughs> Regards to uh, looking back, do you were you mentored well? Yep, I was mentored well, uh, but I'm not sure um, anybody realised they were my mentor, and I'm not sure I thought about them as a mentor. But I think I've I think I've been exposed to you know from my father, who was a who I think was sort of you know he, he, in my mind he's uh, he's a great entrepreneur. He's a you know he's a he's a guy who didn't have the benefit of. Uh, great schooling or great education or um, financial support or you know, any of those things, but um, uh, you know took him took himself off and studied law and then and uh, at Sydney Uni uh, and and then made a career out of uh, amongst other things, Greg sports stores and <laughs> legal practice and a lot of international work that he did. And oh, really? when I think about him and you know from the, from where from, from where he you know the you know the genesis of where he came from, that's a that's that to me is a He's a pure entrepreneur, so that's great mentorship that I enjoyed there. And then um, you know, look, and then you know, David Kingston, who is the, you know the managing director of at the time of Rothschilds Banks, who I spent ten years working with. Um, okay. uh, you know, again as a as a, um, a yeah, sure, as a mentor, um, uh, he and I enjoyed a uh, um, a workable relationship. Um, uh, but you know, he's you know not someone that I spend a lot of time um, uh, with anymore, and. Um, but I, but I, you know, I look back upon my time with him and realise um, that his fascination with uh, detail um, and his hard-nosed business acumen has been, you know, hugely beneficial to me um, since those times. And then I think about, you know, other people that I've been exposed to. Um, I think about uh, the White family and, and others, as, as I've mentioned, and yeah. I pick up pieces from these, the, the, you know, these people, but. Have I have I had a structured mentor relationship with anybody? No, it's not really my style. Um, but have these people been mentors of mine? Absolutely. What do you reckon your real strength is, Andrew? Is it understanding people? Uh, Greg, I think it's. Um, I think I like people, yeah. so um, I think I, I really I enjoy the company of people. I think I, I like to think I understand them. I don't get particularly. Um, I, I don't get particularly pressured by. By much, I still have the sinking feeling, but I don't. 
I don't feel pressure. And I'm not suggesting that's a that's a character trait that is uh, that is um, anything. You know, and that may be a poor character trait now that I think about it. But I but I look. I'm happy to I'm happy to go down a road and and if I need to change. Uh, and need, you know, if it, if it needs a, if it needs an amendment, a sharp amendment or whatever, I'm happy to do it. I don't. I certainly shun the the thought of putting myself on uh, tram tracks and and having it all laid out in front of me. Um, yeah, exactly. That that would be um, that would be a very um, limiting existence. So, in terms of character traits, I think yeah, I think I can um, quickly sum up a situation, and and I don't get too hung up if. If I realise that um, you know maybe then there's there's a there's a, there's a deviation or, or a turn required. Historically, Andrew, uh, the pub game it seems to be very generational focused, um, and I guess with that in mind, you've got two sons. Is one of them going to take over the reins from from you from for HDL? Oh look, I don't know. I think there'd be a few other people outside outside my sons that are probably better positioned to do that uh, than 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 they are. But look, in terms of being involved in the industry, in terms of being, you know, I, I hope if they want to do that, then I hope they do that. But I've certainly got no no aspirations for them following in my footsteps. I mean, you think, you know, when I think about my footsteps, it's a two-step. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be encouraging them necessarily to do that. Both of them have a, a reasonable business acumen, both of them studying at university and They'll go and do whatever, whatever, whatever pleases them, and I'll be, I'll be very happy for them to do that. One of them's working in the industry at the moment, actually, in, in uh, down at the palace uh, or the pavilion, and um, and the other one's uh, doing some work with us. But you know what? Uh, at the age of, of nineteen, I I could not have forecast where 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 I ended up, and I'm yeah. and, and happily so, and I, I certainly don't uh, don't wish that upon them either. Are you still excited getting out of bed every morning and taking the uh, this challenge on? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I I, I I I I drive to work. Yeah, so I want to. I don't I don't slow down for the uh, for the for the orange light, mate. I want I want to get in there, and I want to, and I just you know I want to be around people, and I want to be around activity and deals, and I want to, you know, otherwise, um, you know, don't do it at all. So there's no this isn't there's no middle ground, and that's not a that's not a. Uh, I don't think that's anything any there's anything profound in that, but there is there's no middle ground. Just you know, green light or red light. And if you, Andrew, if you were going to look back at that young, that young man, all those years ago, sitting in England, Northern England, got the wrong shoes on on the AstroTurf, giving it his best shot, what advice would you give him now? None that he'd listen to. So, um, you know what, I wouldn't give him any advice, mate. Um, I, I, you know, again, um, not for everybody, but for me, this 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 professional journey or this life journey and those two things are intertwined by the way i don't you know i don't have a clear delineation in my mind between you know personal and professional it's just a you know i think that's you know uh, um maybe another point of difference about about the you know the way i like to think about things but um uh there you know um what would i say to him uh uh i'd, I'd uh nothing as i said nothing he'd listen to on that, Andrew, look, thanks for making the time to enjoy us today. Well, Greg, thank you, and thanks to uh, Blenheim Partners. Big, uh, big fan of the of the of the podcast, and really grateful for the opportunity to have come and, and uh, spoken to you here today. So, thanks to you. Well, you've been listening to No Limitations. Mm-hmm.